Amen. Now I feel like I ought to preach on missions. Amen. I've got a few preacher boys out around the world in different places, and I get the privilege of preaching their mission conferences every year, and I love to do it. He just preached about half of my sermons right there. Amen. Uh, I want to say a couple things. While you're turning to Haggai chapter 2, first of all, thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And uh, y'all have had a cousin of mine on the prayer list here several times through the years. And I want to give you some good news. You may remember Randy was the cousin I put on the prayer list for salvation. This year, these last, what is this, eighth month, ninth month, whatever it is, have seen more fruit than we've seen in a long time. God is still in business, amen? amen. He's not taking half a Darvon or half a you know, baby aspirin or anything else. He's still doing what he's always done. Uh, my cousin Randy, just I found out, didn't find it out from him yet. I found it out from a friend of his who happened to be saved. His friend worked on my truck, aligned it up, and while I was there in the garage, I did what I always do. I go find the mechanic and witness to him. And so my truck's already done, so if he messed it up, no problem. But, you know, that way he doesn't mess it up because I witnessed to him, right? No, I'm kidding. So I wait till they're done. I walk in. I start talking to this guy. And here he's saved. And he said, you want some? You want? I said, you know my cousin Randy? He said, yeah. No, he asked me. He said, are you related to Randy? I said, he's my cousin. He's like an older brother. He said, well, Randy, we just had our 50th class reunion. Randy stood up and gave testimony that he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. And y'all had a piece in that, man, praying. So then uh, I just before we left, the day before we left to come this way, my cousin Ed's there, and he's like an older brother on the other side of the family. We're real close. His mother raised me the first six months of my life. And uh, he uh, got talking to me about his brother, older brother, Butch. And uh, Butch was an older brother than he, and then I had another one that's like 10 years older than me. And the three of us used to get into all kinds of trouble together. So when I got saved, I became the black sheep of the crowd real quick, and they didn't want to listen much to what I had to say. Well, Donnie got saved. Donnie's 10 years older than me. He got saved about 15 years ago, I guess. But Butch died this summer, he died, well, late spring. And on his deathbed, he received Jesus Christ as Savior. And the day he died, Ed said, I was standing in the room, and he said, uh, Butch was writhing in pain, laying there on the bed just kind of writhing in pain. He said, Butch, what's wrong? He said, home. He said, Butch, I can't take you home. I'd kill you in the process. And he said, home, like that. Amen. And just shortly thereafter, he died. What a blessing. That's, uh, listen, how many of y'all got a family member that you've been after for a long time? That's 42 years of witnessing. The culmination of it. God's still in business, folks. Amen. And I thank him for it. Uh, take your Bible, go to Haggai. You're, you're there, I guess. Haggai chapter 2. And we'll do the first five verses there. Amen. In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? 
Uh, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, O ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. Father, thank you for the privilege it is to preach here, God. I don't take it lightly. Uh, Lord, I thank you for, God, just all that this place means to us. And, God, what a, what a blessed f- bunch of friends, Lord. Uh, Father, tonight, Lord, I pray for most of all that you take this vessel, the best I know how I give it to you, God, all the way home. And, Lord, God, I ask you, Father, please, to fill it to overflowing. Uh, cleanse it, Father, new and fresh. And, Lord, God, please, uh, speak, God, tonight as you would if you were standing right here. Lord, may it be a blessing, may it be an encouragement, may it be something to strengthen your people. Tonight, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. A little bit of history. The first temple under Solomon uh, has been destroyed, right? The Babylonians came in, took over, and they took God's people captive. And during that captivity, Nehemiah gets the burden to go back to Jerusalem and build the wall. And around that same time, uh, it's where um, Ezra, I think it's like six months later, Ezra records the building of the temple. And uh, now here we are, we're in the seventh month as the temple's in rebuilding. And those who saw that first temple in all of its glory saw that that first temple far outshined it in glory. And uh, there's a, a big difference. Now remember, that first temple was built with using, it was all overlaid with gold, but the gold that they were using is the same gold they took out of Egypt. It's where they spoiled the country of Egypt, and then God dispersed that thing, and they put it in the treasury, and that's what they overlaid everything with. But now you're here in the seventh month, uh, they're not coming out of Egypt, they've been out of Egypt, Uh, they haven't had anybody to spoil, in fact, they've been spoiled. But yet still, they get gold, they get silver, amen, and they, uh, to use in this temple, but it's not near what was in the old one. So it doesn't shine as much. It doesn't have the same glory as you look at it on the outside. Now, uh, these folks are standing here. Man, they got a memory of what was. They remember, boy, when I mean the, the thing shined like never before. They remember when they saw the smoke of God come down. I mean, they saw things, amen, that they haven't seen in a long time. Amen. And so uh, now they're seeing what is, Right. And they're, they're really mourning what they see and what they miss. I'll tell you, man, it, it, some, those of us in here a little older, I mean, we've seen some things. Uh, we've seen the glory of God. And we've seen what happens when God gets to move in. And it ain't quite the same today. And I hear it a lot from older people, older saints. Man, I remember. Man, I remember. I remember, man, seeing so-and-so run four laps around the building. Man, I've seen, I've seen you know, the, I mean, the glory of God come down and the altar filled up and we didn't even have no preaching. I've seen, I saw, and they go on and on and on about what was. And, you know, you hear some, they talk about what is. And, folks, if we're not careful, we'll get talking too much about what is. And if we're not careful, we'll get talking too much about what was. We can't go back to what was. We're in the what is now. Uh, we got to deal with what is the way it is. You got to deal with the hand that you're dealt with. Amen. You got to deal with what God gives you. And you got to live in that moment. Amen. A moment's just a, a blink. Amen. What is your life but a vapor? Amen. So, you know, if your life's a vapor, that little thing that folks think about doing, how long is that? 
If a life's 70 years, how long is that one little deed? Amen? And just like that giving, you know, hey, listen, you're giving. Look at this, though. But when you give, God takes that filthy lucre and turns that thing into, amen, a spiritual thing. And it, it brings fruit that lasts forever. That beats anything you can get anywhere else. Amen. That's an investment that, amen, you can't beat. So here are these folks and in their minds. The standard's not the same. I mean, the standard was that building. And that's where God came. And that standard was right. And everything done in that thing was right. And we looked uh, at those Kohathites before. And how them Kohathites did it all way the same. They did it right. Amen. And boy, that thing just, I mean, God just blessed in a mighty way. This place represents God as nothing in their sight. You know, there's still people up in the Northeast and maybe even around here, but you get over in Pennsylvania in them mountains, they go by a little white building with a, with a bell tower on it. You know the first thing they think of? Man, a church where the gospel was preached. There's still people up there do that. Here's these Israelites. That was their, amen, that's where God showed up to them in that building, right? And so now what they're saying is these times are not what they used to be. Things ain't what they were in the glory days. You know, the younger crowd sees a lower standard of God than the older folks do. And what they know of God is not even close to what their parents know. Amen. And so, you know, here they are. They're just, you look around and, and the older folks, man, they're, they're mourning. The young folks, they're shouting at things that don't even light the first spark in an older folk. I mean, man, it wouldn't even make them go poof, you know, or, or grunt, man, holy grunt. But I say, what, what's happened? Things are different. Amen. Changing times. Amen. And changing things. <laughs> they get excited, man. Folks get excited over things that an old timer wouldn't give the time of day. It's hard uh, sometimes as, as an older person to get too excited about anything going on in this world. Why? I mean, what, what good does the world do you, man, when you got heaven on your mind, right? But so things get out of place. They see things in a different way. Folks have tried to change the standards. Here you are, man. You, I mean, you look at that thing. Uh, it was nothing in their sight. It's smaller in size. The standard wasn't the same. There's less gold. There's less silver. There's less shiny things. Hmm. Folks trying to change the standard. They've gone so far in the left field, most of the world doesn't even know who or what they are. You know what the standard did for Israel? You know, back there in the tabernacle, when they were, uh, they all camped by the standard of their tribe, right? That standard was the flag. And that flag identified them. It told you who they were, where they were from. Amen. Hey, even when that thing was going out across the desert, the heathen could look at it and see either pillar of smoke or pillar of fire. And whatever they saw, they knew that was God. And they knew that was Israel. Amen. And that's what the standard does. It identifies you. That's why some folks are running away from standards. They don't want to be identified. Folks have tried to change the scriptures. Amen. I mean, they've been doing that, amen, for how many years here? But, you know, even those are supposed to be Bible believers, some of them have found some newfangled ideas. Amen. That don't fit Scripture. Man, if it don't fit Scripture, what good is it? It's not Scripture. It's not right. Amen. And if you can't compare Scripture with Scripture and come up with the same answer, something's wrong. Hey, listen. Yeah, I, I took my training, my, my, my formal training from Dr. Estep, right? 
I tried to go to Dr. Ruckman's. God wouldn't let me. But, uh, you know, I, I, I remember getting the first uh, course back in Brother Hallstein, <clears throat> Brother Hallenstein's the deacon. And, and uh, not the deacon, you know what I'm saying, uh, what do you call that guy? Dean. dean. Thank you, sir. Brother Hallenstein's the dean. And, and I get them uh, that first course. Back then it was rightly dividing. And I got that course, and I'm living in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, and I'm upstairs in a shotgun house. That means, you, you know, you shoot in one door and go straight out the back, you know. And so, but upstairs, big bedroom up front and a big study. I'm sitting up there in my study, and I'm shouting, and I'm bouncing up and down the chair. I said, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Somebody else believes what I found in my Bible. I found rightly dividing before I ever knew what it was. Amen. I took the course from charity, and I figured out, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> That's what, man, my wife comes running upstairs. I'm shouting up there. She's, what, 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 what's going on? What are you doing? I said, I finally found somebody that believes the book exactly like it's written. Hey, these guys here, man, they got it. Amen. Folks want to change the scriptures. They don't want to rightly divide anymore. Listen, it doesn't matter what somebody says about the word truth. What's the word truth say? Amen. Uh, you know, and, and you got people now, that they're comparing what Dr. Smellfungus said with what Dr. Doodledigger said. Who cares? I want to know what God said. Amen. Amen. And so everything they say, man, you got to check it three ways and back because it doesn't line up with Scripture. Folks have even tried to change the Savior that bought him. Amen. They try to change that thing. They try to make him something he's not. Amen. I've heard for years this thing of grace. I got a whole message on grace or gross. They take the grace of God and turn it into lasciviousness. Turn it into wicked things. I've got grace. You don't have grace to be wicked. That Bible still says in Romans chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we either dead, in, dead live any longer therein? Amen. We're not supposed to be living in sin. We're supposed to be leaving sin alone. It amazes me that the stuff that those of us that came out of the world, left behind, now everybody wants to go back to. Why? What's back there? I mean, we had headache and sorrow and it got ourselves in trouble back there. Why in the world do you want to go back there? Why can't you listen to somebody that's been there and take their word for it? Hey, man, my lost father taught me growing up. He said, hey, you learn from other people's mistakes and you won't make them. That's what I tried to do. Amen. And I'm telling you, man, somebody said that's bad and they got experience in. I said, OK, I'm, I'm with you, man. Amen. But here they are, man. They're trying to change the Savior. There in Romans 10, it said this in verse six. But the righteousness, which is the faith, speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up again from the dead. Uh, what, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Amen. What? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's still the same. Amen. It's by faith. It's through grace. Amen. It's the same thing it was since Jesus died. Amen. They want to change salvation. Man, folks, will fight you over repentance. They'll fight you over faith. They'll fight you over praying to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Amen. They'll fight you about anything. But all the reason is they want, to, they, want to say what, they want to say what they think. You know, if you took what I think, you wouldn't get much. 
Amen. You could put it in a thimble, call it dynamite, blow it up, and it wouldn't even blow the thimble up. It doesn't matter what I think. Amen. It doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what did God say? I'm going to take God at his word. Amen. That thing says over there in Ephesians, we're not to walk as other Gentiles walk according to the vanity of our mind. Amen. Doesn't matter what we think. So here they are, amen, amidst all this stuff going on. I mean, the temple's different, the gold's different, the silver's different, everything looks different. But wait, wait a minute. There's still one common standard. And there's still one thing that shines forth in the midst of all the confusion. Preacher mentioned confusion a little bit ago. A couple months back, three, four months back, I, I mean, I came, came to a crossroads. It wasn't really a crossroads. It was a three-way Y. And I could go this way, that way, or that way. And, man, I was tore up for a while. I said, God, I, I don't know what to do here. Finally, I come to this conclusion. God, I'm confused. Lord, I do not. You are not the author of confusion. So would you please remove the confusion and make this thing simple so I know which way to go. Amen. And. Amen. God showed me and I did it and it worked. Amen. I'm still going. I missed all those changes there in Haggai too. God had a message. And beloved, he still got the message for us. Amen. God had a message for the priests. He had a message for the people. He had a message. Amen. In the seventh month, he said, and then said this, speak now to Zerubbabel, verse two, son of Shealtiel, governor. He had a message for the governor. Amen. He had a man. Man, I prayed. I said, God, listen, you need somebody to talk to that crew down there in Washington. I'll go. Give, just give me 15 minutes in front of Congress. That's all I need. Amen. Not even that. I can get it out in five if I have to. Amen. By that time, they probably run me out the door. <laughs> Amen. But here it is. It's the governor of Judah, Joshua, son of Joseph, the high priest. So it's got the governorship. It's got the priesthood. It's got the residue of the people. That's those people that were left in Jerusalem there. He said, who's among you that saw this house in her first glory? There's the old timer. Amen. He's speaking about the old timers, the ones that saw it the way it used to be. And then he says, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel. That's the man in charge of the civil government. And then he says, be strong, O Joshua, the high priest. Amen. Man in charge of the house of God. And all ye people of the land. That's the younger crowd that wasn't left out. And that's those that were still there in Jerusalem. Amen. When they were carried, the rest were carried away captive. And they said, what was the message? Yet now be strong. Beloved, I'm telling you, if, you're, if you haven't been tempted to lower the bar a little bit, lower the standard a little bit in these days, either one, you're a liar, or two, you're not doing much. You attempt something for God, and you try to stand and fight, and sometimes, you, you ever felt like you're fighting alone? Amen? And you get tempted, don't you? Ah, just lower that down a little bit. It'll be all right. Just lower it down. You, you know, you're just not winning people with that. I want to say this, God's standard still works. That book still does the job, just like it always has. But the temptation is there. What do you say? Be strong. Be strong. Stand against that thing. Amen. Listen to God. Pay attention. God's there. Amen. Be strong. And then he says, and work. And work. That dirty four-letter word. I come in tonight, Brother Spurgeon sitting over in the corner just, yeah, man, I, I really had it today, man. I uh, did shoveling. I said, whoo, I know that man's wore out. Amen. That shoveling is not for the old. Amen. Amen. And, and then the old has a young, young one with him that he's going to show him, bless God, you ain't going to outwork me. <laughs> right? 
So what do you do? You work harder, right? By the end of the day, it's like, whoo, man, what did I do? Amen. And work. That means sweat. Amen. Strive. Struggle. Study. Amen. Study and work. You hear all this new stuff, angled stuff, man. Study that book. Compare that book with that book and you won't go wrong. You compare that book, what a man said, and take what the man said, you're going to go wrong. Even Dr. Estep, man, one of the greatest teachers that I ever knew, and probably the greatest teacher I ever knew. Amen. I'm not putting Dr. Ruckman down. Great, too. But I'm going to tell you this, man. Hey, even he'd tell you, don't listen to me. Listen to that book. I heard Dr. Ruckman say it, man. Take that book. Believe that book. Amen. And work. Ain't it funny? Nobody wants to work anymore. I mean, you know, Brother Spurgeon, we we travel across the country back and forth every year, right? And it's not just one place. Everywhere I go, I walk into some place of business, and there's one guy there. And there's 50 people waiting in line. And, you know, I've had the one guy in a park store apologize to everybody like 20 times. I got up there and I talked to him a little bit, kind of let him kind of, you know, bring the speed down a little bit, get a little catch of breath. I said, man, I said, he saw my veteran's hat and, of course, made a comment. He was a vet. And so I started talking to him a little bit. I said, look, man, I said, uh, I know. I said, uh, you're here alone, aren't you? He said, yeah. I said, ain't that something? I said, everywhere I go, it's like this. He said, man, this younger crowd today, they do not know how to work and they do not care. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, God ordained work, young people, by the sweat of your brow. If a man don't work, what? Neither shall he eat. Amen. That's the way God ordained it. Work, work, work. Hey, man, the ministry is work. Don't believe it? Follow around the preacher once in a while. Get in his hip pocket. Amen. And then he said this. He didn't say it this way, but it's be secure. What did he say? I am with you. You know what I've noticed? Amen. Brother Spurgeon, I know you've noticed it. Amen. Is this thing right here. No matter what's going on, you go into churches, man, and in some of the discussions, I mean, they make you want to, I mean, throw up. I'm serious. I've gone into Bible-believing churches where kids are talking about getting tattoos. Amen. What do, you, what do you think I ought to get right here? What do you think I ought to get right here? You know, mom, right? I don't know. I always tell him, man, I got a friend. Go talk to him about tattoos. You know, go talk to Brother Spurgeon about tattoos. Amen. And they're talking about crazy stuff. And I've even heard stuff about uh, Christian, what, what do you call that stuff? Alcohol-free liquor. <laughs> you know. Are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I had, a, I had one where the guy, the, the pastor, run the church right into the ground. Brother Spurgeon, you've been there. You used to go there where Brother Gibbs was. I've been to a couple of them. And the, yeah, ran right smack into the ground, man. The first thing he started teaching was it's okay to use hooch in, in the Lord's table. And a bunch of people left, man. What is going on? We got away from the standard. We're trying to change the thing. You know, we, we've learned our Greek, we've learned our Hebrew, and we've learned all this stuff, and it doesn't do anything to help us with the Word of God. It doesn't help us believe that book. If you can't believe that book, you ain't going to make it. Stick with the book. 
And so, you know, you go in there and you try to help these people and, and they're a mess. And you start preaching sound doctrine and they look at you like you just flew a jet right over their head at about 400 mile an hour. I mean, they're just, huh, what, you know? And they just don't get it. Listen, man, amidst all that confusion, God is still here. He has not left. Amen. He's still here. He said, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. He said, yeah, times have changed. Times have changed. But my standard never changes. I'm still here. I'm still here. And even though some change the standard, some change the scripture, some change the Savior, some try to change salvation, some try to change it all, man. I mean, I've seen some wild stuff. His standard does not change. You can't lower the bar. You might lower it, but he ain't. He didn't give you permission. His standard does not change. Verse 11. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And he's asking the priest. Well, they say, no. They gave the right answer. Then said, Haggai, one of that, if one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. Amen. God's standard didn't change. It's still what it was when they came out of Egypt. Amen. And when God says it's so, it's so. You can take it to the bank still today. Amen. And his securities still stand. In other words, his promises are still yea and amen. Amen. Listen, brother, I'm still getting through on the same promises and even some new ones that I came into along the way. Amen. That the Lord gave me out of that book and those promises still work. They still lead you. They still guide you. They still keep you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's still here. And then verse uh, five, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. Have you noticed, amen, that fear has been kicked up a notch recently? Amen. I mean, people are operating in fear, abject, total fear. Amen. And they don't know what ends up. We do. If you believe that book, you do. You know exactly what's up. You know what's coming. Amen. And you're waiting to see it. Excitedly waiting, amen. Bring it on, Lord. Let her rip, amen. Oh, but it's going to get this way and that way. God said it would. Amen. But what did he say? Fear not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. Hey, he's still coming. Amen. He's here, and he's still coming again. And the promises he gave us way back there are still here today. Amen. And you can take them to the bank. His standard don't ever change. If he said it, it's going to come out just exactly like he said it. Amen. His sentence will be carried out in the judgment. Amen. This crowd, man, in, in, in the worldly realm today, man, they think there's going to be no judgment. 
because they don't think there's a God. They're acting like there ain't one and like they ain't going to stand before him. Amen. His sentence is going to be carried out. Verse 20. And again, the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the fourth and, four and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak unto Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Hey, Mr. Governor, I'm going to shake this thing up. And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength, amen, <clears throat> of the kingdoms of the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. He's going to come, man. And when he comes, he ain't coming back a little baby the next time. He ain't coming back a little smiley face on a bumper sticker. Amen. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, I, uh, sorry, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, saith the Lord, and will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. You know what you are? You're chosen. You saved here tonight. You're trying to live for Jesus Christ. You're chosen. Amen. And he is going to take care of you because he chose you in Christ. Amen. God will judge it all according to his standard. People get, they look at it as funny. They cause bibliolers. They cause, you know, Bible worshipers, all that kind of stuff. But they're going to be a jaw drop when they look at that King James Bible standing there in front of them. The written word and the walking word at the same time. And there it is, and the judgment is set, amen, and the books are opened. Amen. And they're going to face it. The judge is going to judge it to his, according to his standard. Hey, beloved, he's going to judge us according to that same standard. Amen. As the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. Payday's still coming. Well, what did he tell them right in there? He said, fear not, for I am with thee. I believe it says there, we have no, there is no fear in judgment for perfect love casteth out fear. There's a way to get through it. Do right by Jesus Christ. Do it according to his standard. Don't lower the bar. Don't lower the standard. Man, don't let it down. I know sometimes you get weary. But he told us not to be weary in well-doing. For due season's coming and we shall reap. Amen. And we shall see the fruit of living that book. And walking that book. And holding up that book Amen. as the standard. And one day we're going to see that it was worth every second of it. It was worth every moment of it. It was worth every day, every hour, every year. It was worth it all to keep the standard where God said it. God's standard never changes, even in changing times. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity. Pray it's been a help and a blessing. Thank you for it in Jesus' name.